Well, hello, TLR. Uh, my name is Matt. I haven't met you yet. Uh, very glad that you are here. Welcome to what we like to say can be your home away from home. We're very excited that you are here for uh, tonight. We're getting to the end of the semester. There's not too many of these left. Uh, next week is our last one. Sorry, I'm going to grieve and mourn that for a minute. Um, but I'm really excited for the conversation we're going to have tonight. Um, we began this two weeks ago at TLR at Home, if you were able to join with us online. This idea of the S word. And it's always fun to be like, wait, what are we talking about? Yeah. Uh, we talked about how in week one, the S word we're talking about, the idea of sin. And how sin is the word that no one likes to talk about. It's the topic that we don't like to approach or discuss. Uh, but the reality is for all of us is that it's something that's a part of our life. It's something that's a part of humanity. And so what do we do when it takes us out? And so we talked week one about the difference of sin and temptation, how they're not the same thing. And then last week, if you were here, we talked about repentance and how repentance is this decision, this choice that we make to be going in one direction and to turn and go a different way. If you are pursuing your own way and your own self and your own desires, it is turning to God and saying, I now want to pursue you and how repentance is this thing that is required to actually follow Jesus. Logically, it makes sense because you follow what you focus. And so wherever you focus your eyes on, whatever you're pointed towards is what you're gonna follow. And so repentance is the thing that makes that possible. And then tonight, what I wanna talk about is the next step in this process of what do you do when it takes you out? What do you do when sin shows up? What do you do? How do you approach it? How do you navigate life when it feels like it's just taking you out? And so tonight, I wanna talk about the next step, which is confession. And this is the hard one. Like no one is super excited to talk about this, but I really believe that over the next few minutes, we're gonna be able to talk around the idea of confession and it becomes something that is not something you run from and escape, but it becomes something that you invite and you embrace because of what it will provide for you in your life. Now this is a topic that we don't like. No one's like, I can't wait to say all the bad things I did. Mm, this is gonna be fun. Like, no, because there's so many emotions around the idea of confession. Maybe even as I just said that word, fear popped up. Maybe there's a pain that exists or it's a, an embarrassment that you're afraid of or maybe it's simply just shame. And so for anyone to find out what's the worst thing in your life, What's the thing that no one else knows that you just wanna keep a secret? See, that's what we don't want anyone to know. And so we don't wanna approach the topic of confession. What we'd prefer to do is something completely different. It's this, we prefer to just conceal. I don't wanna confess. That sounds not fun to say I'm guilty and I'm not perfect. Mm -mm, no, I'll just conceal it. It's not even that big of a deal. That's why rugs exist, so I can just brush it underneath. And then no one will know. They may trip over it. You know, they may see that like, I don't know, giant mass in the middle of the ground, but no one's gonna know it's mine. We'd rather just conceal it and push it down. Really what we would rather do when the idea of confession comes up is we would rather hide in the dark. That's the approach that so many of us take. And we all do this. Every one of us do this. It's a default reaction that we do. Watch, ready? Show of hands. It's not gonna be like, guys, take a deep breath, okay? But show of hands, how many of you have ever done something that you wish no one else knew about? 
Look around, look around, look around, look around. If your hand isn't raised, you just lied. You want people to know about that? No, I'm just playing. Like, you know, all of us, we all have these moments in life where we're like, I just don't want to be found out. I don't want anyone to know. I'd rather conceal. I'd rather hide in the dark. We do this as kids. We do it so often as kids. It's the quick little lies. It's the quick little moments of like, mm, what me? No, I, didn't, I, don't know how, I don't know how that ball hit the lamp and knocked it off. I don't know. A bird flew in and the bird kicked the ball. And then it like, we just come up with these stories, right? And then as we get older, the consequences of those things that we conceal just gets a little bit bigger. I remember being in seventh grade. And when I was in seventh grade, I thought that one day I would like open up a dessert stand or something because I thought I had unlocked the trick of making the best milkshake in the world. You wanna know what I did? I just put milk, ice cream, and chocolate syrup, and I was like, I made a chocolate milkshake. I should sell this. I'm like, you did, you did literally nothing. You didn't make anything. You just stirred it together. I thought it was so cool. And so anytime my friends would come over, I was like, hey, do you want a milkshake? Which is a weird question to ask, but it was so fun for me. I was like, I get to make you a milkshake. Like, do you want one? So I remember making like four of them one day for my friends. We're all playing video games. And then, of course, something that happened when I was 13, it still happens now. This shirt doesn't have any stains on it by the grace of God because I spill things on myself like I'm a toddler all the time when it comes to food. And I got chocolate syrup whoop, right down my shirt. So my mom taught me that whenever you put a stain on your shirt, what should you do? Go put it in cold water. And so I was like, sweet, I'm gonna go and fix this situation. So I went and put it in my parents' bathroom in cold water. And I was like, I got another milkshake to make. So without a shirt on, I run back in the kitchen to make another milkshake. Guess who forgot about the running water in the sink? This guy. Guess whose bathroom got flooded? Yep, so my parents' bathroom flooded. All their medication ruined, all the things they had. It went out of their bathroom floor, into their bedroom, under their carpet, and I hid so fast. My parents got home and they're like, why is that, why am I stepping on puddles in my bedroom? And I was like, I don't know, it, uh, the water thing happened, yep. Like, I, I was so embarrassed, I was so, and they're like, why does this shirt have chocolate syrup on it in the sink, Matt? And I was like, okay, I'm sorry, I'm caught, I can't conceal it anymore. Like, we wanna hide, but the consequences grow and it becomes so silly whenever we conceal these moments we don't want anyone to know. I tried to cover it up. What I tried to do is I tried to keep it in the dark. I wanted it to just stay hidden in the dark. But what's true about life, what's true about that situation, what's true for you in this context is that nothing healthy ever grows in the dark. But this is our default as humans. Many of us tonight, we came in here and if I had an accurate evaluation of your life, you're just hiding in the dark. There are things that you've concealed so well, you've put such a tight little prison around it where nothing can get in or out and no one is ever gonna know. But really we're just hiding in the dark and it's both the big sins and the little ones and it's even other things, it's the secrets, it's the struggles, it's the, the insecurities it's the things that you're embarrassed about, that, that if you feel like people found out, their view of you would change and you would be ruined. It's parts of your story. And maybe in this context, it might not even be something that you did. It might be something that someone did to you has caused you to have so much shame. You just don't want anyone else to know. See, we can't let anyone know what we're struggling with. And 
if we're honest, as Christians, as followers of Jesus, sometimes this gets even more difficult. And Richard Foster wrote this book called Celebration of Discipline. And here's what he talks about the reality of why we hide. He said, we come to feel, as followers of Jesus specifically, but this is all of us. This is, this is you. you. You know this feeling. We come to feel that everyone else has advanced so far into holiness that we are isolated and alone in our sin. We could not bear to reveal our failures and shortcomings to others. He continues by saying, we imagine that we are the only ones who have not stepped onto the high road to heaven. Therefore, as a result of that, we hide ourselves from one another and we live in veiled lies and hypocrisy. What we do in life is we opt so many times whenever sin enters and it starts to take us out, we opt to hide in the dark instead of living in the light. And the reality is that if that becomes your life, you probably have a weight on your chest right now and you know that it is taking you out. It is, it is suffocating the oxygen out of your lungs. So what do we do? What do we do in these moments when it takes us out? What do we do? How do we find how to get out of this? How do we find the ability to not conceal? How do we find the ability to live in the light? And let's just be honest, the question that a lot of us may ask in these moments is, and why should we? This might be uncomfortable. I may not enjoy this. So why should I confess? Why should I get honest? Why, why should I do these things? And the reason why you should want to live in the light it's because it has to do with confession and the opposite, concealing. See, at the end of the day, here's the, clearly, the clear dichotomy of what we need to know is that concealing is hiding in the dark. It makes sense. But confessing is living in the light. Because the definition of confession, confession is bringing to light what grows stronger in the dark. Because what grows in the dark, it loses its power in the light. Whatever grows in the dark loses its power in the light. We know this is true even in the microscopic level. One of the best things you can do when you're sick is to go outside, unless you're in Georgia in the spring and there's pollen and then it's the devil who's attacking you, you know what I mean? But no, if you feel sick, one of the best things a doctor would say is go outside, get some sunlight because the viruses and the bacteria and the microorganisms, they don't exist, they can't live in the sun, in the light. And I believe that whatever has the power over you that you're keeping in the dark, whatever it is that you're concealing and hiding in the dark, whatever it is, whatever it is, I think that tonight it would lose its power if you just bring it into the light. But this isn't easy. It's not comfortable. But I do believe it's better. I do believe it brings freedom. And I do believe it brings the full life that every one of us would say we desire to have. But our default is the dark. And I think here's some reasons why. First reason, I think vulnerability is terrifying. Wait a minute, let them know, like, the real me? <laughs> I got a really good Instagram bio and uh, grid. I don't know if you've seen it or not. Like, no, I'm vulnerability. Let people know that I'm not okay at all times. But whenever we don't press into this, what happens is that the lies, whenever we conceal, the lies get really, really loud. And then there's no truth to silence them. So we start being deceived and we start to sink. This is what happens, you know this. You start to sink into loneliness or into low self-esteem and then shame grows 
And the darkness deceives us. And in these moments, you start believing the lies. And whenever you start to believe the lies about yourself and the lies from your sin and what the enemy wants to shout at you, whenever you choose to believe them, it's like quicksand. It's like quicksand. Because the more that you try to fight and free yourself on your own, it's like the more it ensnares you. The more that you think you can white knuckle your way in strength to just do better and get out of it, the sin, it's like quicksand. It just ensnares you even more and traps you even deeper. And the shame grows stronger and the lies grow louder and the darkness, it grows deeper. And so... If we want to find the more and better life than we could ever dream of, which is what Jesus wants for you, it might be the single greatest reason why you should consider following him. It's because he wants to give you a more and better life than you could ever dream of. And if you want that, it means we've got to stop concealing and begin the practice of confessing. And when you choose to follow Jesus, what you need to know is that your confession, your confession isn't just saying, all right, I'm ready for the punishment. Like, come on, I'm telling you I'm guilty. No reason for a trial, bring it on. Whenever you choose to follow Jesus, what he says is that you can have a confident approach to confession that will free you and it will literally change you. When you embrace the idea of confession, it will change the intimacy that you experience with Jesus. It will change your community with others. It will change your life. And what I need you to know about confession as we walk through this, is it's a two-step process. It's a two-step process, and it all begins, we see how it begins, in the book of Hebrews. So in the book of Hebrews, in your New Testament, what we read is the idea of who Jesus is and why we can find confidence in our approach to confession. So Hebrews chapter four, y'all read it along with me. What the author of Hebrews says is that everything is uncovered. Everything is uncovered. At the end, in your life, everything. And what that means is God already knows. God already knows. You can't be like, yeah, but he can't see it here. Like he already is aware. He already knows. Everything is uncovered and laid bare before the eyes of him to whom we must give an account. God, the father, the creator of the heavens and the earth. Therefore, because everything is laid bare and uncovered, therefore, since we, as followers of Jesus, have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven. Who are we talking about? Jesus, the Son of God. Since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, then let us hold firmly to the faith that we, that we profess. Because everything is known and because of what Jesus has done by going before us and making a way, we can hold firmly to the faith that we profess. For we do not have a high priest in Jesus who is unable to empathize with our weakness. In other words, when you confess to God because of what Jesus has done and made available to you, you're not confessing to a God who has no idea what you're talking about or no idea what it looks like to walk through what you're walking through. He's not looking down at you like you're a failure. What we see the author of Hebrews saying is because of who Jesus is and what he's done, he understands our weakness. Because we have one who has been tempted in Jesus in every way, just as we are. Your temptation is not unique to you. Jesus experienced the exact same roots of the temptation that you had, and yet he did not sin. 
He overcame it. He defeated it. He gave us a way out. So then, let us then approach God's throne in confession. Let us approach, let us draw near, let us come and embrace the invitation of confession. Approach God's throne of grace with confidence because of what Jesus has done so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. This is what is available to us, a confident approach to the throne of God in confession. But can I be honest with you tonight? This is exactly what the enemy does not want you to do. You have an enemy in your life who if God wants to give you a more and better life than you could ever dream of, you have an enemy, a spiritual enemy, who wants to steal and kill and destroy every bit of the life that he's trying to give to you. And what the enemy wants is for you to stop the idea of this. He is trying so hard to get you to stop from doing this because what he wants is he wants, as the father of lies, what he wants is to lie to you that there's no way that you could ever approach God's throne, that you've done too much, that the shame is too great, that the mistake is too deep, and that God can't forgive you. That's the lie he is going to shout into your heart right now. He's trying to deceive you into concealing that sin, saying, "Uh uh-uh, I get he's talking about grace and mercy that's available, but not for you. He doesn't know what you've done. Jesus, our high priest, Jesus, our intercessor, Jesus, our savior is standing there saying, "Uh uh-uh, not afraid of that because I defeated that. See, he has gone before us to make a way for us. I make a way for us to do what? To confess, to come before God confidently and to be able to say what's going on in our hearts and in our life and to be honest with ourselves and with God. And so why should you confess? There's even some psychology behind this. Did you know that you are one and a half more times likely to follow through and accomplish something that you desire just by writing it down, getting it out of your brain and onto paper, externalizing the words and the feelings and the thoughts? 1.5 times more likely, 50% for you math majors, more likely to accomplish that thing if you say it. Because what it does is it brings, in your faith, it brings this humility. It it brings a divine brokenness. It, It feels like you're being crushed. It does. And it's painful. But what is true in life is that pain is synonymous with growth. I know this to be true in every facet. Physically, Emotionally, spiritually, pain is just synonymous with growth. It's something you can't escape. You've got to embrace. When I was in seventh grade, I began seventh grade at five foot two. How many of you are five foot two right now? Awesome. I was 12 years old when I was there, guys, okay? Five foot two. I began eighth grade at five foot 10. I grew seven inches in seventh grade. That's a lot of growth. And it was the most painful year of my life. I literally couldn't walk. moments. My knees and my back were so jacked up. Most painful year, but the year of the greatest growth. The The most I've ever grown in my faith are the moments when I was at my worst 
It is in the low valleys when it seems that God is actually bringing me the most possible growth because pain is synonymous with growth. And so, yes, yes, it's going to be painful. It's going to be difficult, but it is the thing that is required to lead to growth. And see, confession, I think we've, we've given it this bad mentality because of what religion has done to confession, what some different specific pieces of religion have done to confession. But I need you to know, confession isn't a ritual. It's not about a ritual. It's relational. It's about a relationship. It's being honest and building a relationship. It shows you and it shows God that you want to trust him. I can't believe I'm gonna say this, but... Father, I confess. In that moment, you're saying, because I trust you with my worst. And it releases you into the joy of forgiveness. Because the moment you ask for the forgiveness through the confession of coming to him, he gives it to you in droves. And so it's a two-step process. The first step to confession, if you really want to press into this, is to confess with God, to confess to God with confidence. Why with confidence? Because Jesus makes it possible. Because Jesus made a way. Because Jesus overcame the sin that takes us out. And he makes it possible for us to live a full and free life through him. And so that's the first step. The second step, after you confess to God confidently, is you need to confess to a safe person. And this right here might be the most uncomfortable part. Right, it's easy for me to confess the things that I've done to God because I don't know what he's gonna say. Like, this pastor up here is telling me that he loves me anyways, and I'll, all right, I guess I'll believe that. And like, I'm, I'm hesitant, but he knows anyways. So if I just confess it to him confidently, like, thank you, Jesus. But there's another piece to this in our life. It's the second step. It's confessing to a safe person that becomes so difficult. But again, it's because you're now externalizing that confession. You're being honest and vulnerable with someone else in your life. And James, the brother of Jesus, actually talks about why this is necessary. Because there's two things that we're looking for in confession. The first is forgiveness. And that comes from confessing to God because he's the one who forgives us of our sins. But there's a second piece to confession that we're looking for. It's not just forgiveness, it's something else. And here's how James says it. James 5.16, he says, Therefore, confess your sins to each other. And pray for each other so that you may be healed. See, confessing to God brings forgiveness, but confessing to others brings healing. There is a power that is unlocked in your life when you are willing to be vulnerable across from someone else and say, this is my mess and I gotta deal with it. Because what it does in that moment is it triggers you into not their ability to heal you, but it begins this healing process for you. It begins and puts you on a track to find what healing actually is. Because what God will do is God will use those people in your life to show you a few things. God is going to show you when you confess to someone else, his grace. I told you last week that early on in my marriage, I had to confess to my wife that I looked at pornography. One of the most shameful, embarrassing moments of my life. And in that moment, I watched my wife say, as I'm a mess on the floor, crying in front of her, so ashamed, she looked at me and said, hey, I forgive you, get up. Get up. In other words, 
that's something you did, that's not who you are, I'm not gonna let you stay on the ground, get up and let's go after this together. Watch me fight for you because I love you. She was a safe person in that moment, so I confessed and I found grace like I'd never seen it before in my entire life. God will speak through those people to show you the beauty of forgiveness. You want forgiveness and healing? He's gonna show you the reality of what that looks like when you find a trusted person that you confess to. And who is that for you? You get to find them. It's someone who is for you, truly for you and for your best. It's someone that you trust with this information who's not gonna go and take it and then slander and gossip about like, do y'all know what he did? Someone who's for you, someone you can trust, and someone who also lives inside of that grace of God. Go find a safe person and vulnerably, terrifyingly, openly and honestly, with humility, confess. See, it's confessing, that's what I need you to know. Confessing, not concealing, that that brings forgiveness and healing. Confessing, not concealing, brings forgiveness and healing. And I love the way I heard someone say this lately. The idea of confession, like, but I don't want to. Like I, I, maybe I can say this, but I don't know how to navigate this. I'm not even sure that I mean this quite yet, but I want to. Like I just, there, but again, there's an act of externalizing the words and getting it out there. And so here's how I heard someone talk about confession. They say it like this. Confession is saying the things I desperately do not want to say so that I can mean the things I desperately want to mean. I want to be forgiven. I want to be healed. I don't want to deal with this anymore, but I don't want to say this. So I'm gonna say the things I don't want to say and I'm gonna allow my words to go before my heart and before my actions and before my soul. I'm gonna shoot them out into my existence and I'm gonna allow my words to go first and say the things I desperately don't want to say so that I can say the thing, so I can mean the things I desperately want to mean. And so if this is you tonight, if you want this, regardless of what you've done, regardless of what's been done to you, regardless of if it's a sin, if it's a secret, if it's something you're ashamed of, if you're holding on to it and you're like, I gotta get this off my chest. I gotta get this out of my heart. Jesus, I need you to forgive me. I need to find healing. I want this. This is what I desperately want because I'm tired. I'm just tired of hiding. I'm tired of the secrets. I'm tired of the shackles. I'm tired of being caught and stuck in the dark. I want the light. I want, I want to breathe. If that's you tonight, I'm going to walk you through very practically five things that it takes to confess. Five things that are involved with confession. So how do you actually confess? Walk through them with you. Number one, be specific. Be specific. You don't have to lie. You don't have to like manicure it. You don't have to sit there and try to make it pretty. Just be specific. What is it? Say it. Be honest, especially in your confession to God because he already knows. He's omnipotent. He's all powerful. He is omniscient. He is all knowing. And so you can confess honestly because he's not afraid of it. So you can be specific with it. The second thing is also include the motive, right? Because the issue of sin is that it's not just our actions, it's our motive. It's our hearts. It's the darkness that exists within the depravity of our pride and our sin. So include the motive in there. And if you don't know what the motive is, 
work to figure it out. Do some digging, do some investigating and get there. Third, embrace emotion. Embrace the emotion of the moment. Time and time again, you see in scripture that whenever confession comes, honesty comes, sometimes it's gonna feel like sorrow. You're gonna bawl your eyes out and it's gonna hurt like crazy. But in those moments when it does, embrace it. Don't feel like you gotta hide from it or you gotta fake like you're okay. No, embrace the emotion. Because what the emotion does is it shows that you have chosen something else. And this is number four. Your confession needs to accompany repentance. It's accompanied with repentance. That's what we talked about last week. Repentance is step one, choosing to not follow my way, to choose to follow God's way. And the moment I do that, that might mean that you need to couple that and accompany it with confession. This is what we see Jesus talk about. Father, I have sinned. I have gone my own way. The confession of, and I need your forgiveness. I want to return to you. Or for some of you, for the first time, I want to turn to you. It accompanies repentance. And the fifth thing you need to know is you need to remember the cross. Remember the cross. When you don't want to do it, when everything inside of you is fighting against it and you're like, I'm, I'm just going to, mm, I'm going to keep concealing. I'm going to keep hiding. There's this note that Samer, I heard him and his wife talk about that I think she saw on Instagram that is a, a great picture into the idea of the cross and why you need to remember it. I'm gonna read it to you. It, she found it online, but again, just envision, envision the, the image of this. It says, my dad once wrote a note to us and he put it in a drawer. And the note said, if you're scared to tell me something, just bring me this note as a reminder that I'm here to support you and that I won't get mad and I will work with you on a solution. So you may not have a note in your drawer but the cross is a note from God to you saying, I did everything already on your behalf. Whatever that sin is you wanna stay away from, guess what? I've already forgiven it. That grace and mercy is available and ready for you. You don't have to do anything to earn it. You just gotta turn to me and I'm gonna give it to you. Because when Jesus lived the life that we never could and then chose to die the death that we deserve on the cross and then three days later defeated death by rising from the grave, he made a way for us, he made it possible that we can approach him with confidence in our confession that whenever we do, we will find forgiveness and we will find healing. And the cross is our reminder that whenever we confess, there might be, this is the hard part, there might be consequences but there is no longer condemnation. We are free from the weight of sin. We are free from the sin taking us out. So, what's the thing that you're hiding in the dark? What's the thing that you're concealing that you don't want anyone to know about? What's the thing that you need to confess? I don't want you to just think about it. I want better than that for you. Like as I look at you, I want you to find the more and better life. I don't want you to be caught in your sin. I don't want you to be stuck in the quicksand. I want you to trust Jesus. I want you to know how much he loves you. that it's worth it 
It's the best thing you'll ever find. Some people talk well when they get emotional. I don't. If you're afraid, I understand. I get it. But if I could just leave you with anything, it's that he is worth it. He's worth it all. He's worth losing it all for. He's worth giving it all up for because he's everything. Jesus is the source of your love, your joy, and your peace, and you can trust him. Even in confession. And so we want to give you a chance to confess. We want to give you a chance to come clean. We want to give you a chance to find forgiveness and find healing because it's available to you. And so the band is going to lead us into these moments, this space we want to create for you to experience that, to find that, to find the joy in that life that's available to you. For some of you, what that means is that the first step of confession, confessing to God, it may mean that in the next few moments, all you need to do is turn around and get in front of your chair, just on your knees, on your chair. Use it as an altar just to confess to God, to say, I'm sorry, here's the honesty, here's the motive, here's the emotion. And just confess to find forgiveness. For some of you, it's gonna be the confessing to others piece and you need to go find your small group leader. You need to find that trusted, safe person in here who loves you so much, who is so willing to be here and look at you and say, and remind you of what's true, that you've been forgiven. And that you can start that process of healing. You need to find your small group leader. If you don't have a small group leader, you need to find a close friend, someone you trust, someone you can go to, who they are for you. You can trust them and they also live in that grace of God. You need to go find them and you need to just say, here's my mess. I'm so sorry. See, confession doesn't mean that you have to go to the person that you've harmed. Confession, the first steps of it is simply acknowledging it to yourself and being honest and vulnerable before them. And if you're like, I need to talk to someone, I need to pray, I don't know who to go to, I don't have a small group leader, I don't have a friend, we're also gonna have some staff up here. They'll be on the sides of the stages, just here waiting and ready to be able to hear that, not as a ritual, but so that you can begin the relationship that Jesus wants for you. It just means that there's a confession and they kickstart you into the process of finding that. So the band is gonna sing over us, give you some space and allow you to respond in the way the Holy Spirit would want for you. I'm gonna pray for us and then we'll, we'll, get, to, we'll get to move. We'll get to respond and say yes. So Jesus, thank you. Thank you for loving us so much that you made a way. Thank you for being our high priest and going first. And I'm so thankful that when you see us in our sin, you invite us into confession. You want us to embrace it because what it truly leads to is forgiveness and healing. So would we stop concealing and we start confessing out of a desire for you. So thank you for loving us first. And in the next few moments, we're gonna choose to love you right back. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.